This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold one or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Fratelloni and your host, Chris Reavers. That's right. It's the Weekly Scramble. My name is Chris Reavers alongside of Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Hello, Michael. How you doing, Reavers? I'm doing very well. Uh, a lot to get to in this particular episode of the Weekly Scramble, but I can tell you're rattled. You I came I, in hot, <laughs> and you you are about, you know, we, I've worked with you now for, let's just say, a decade. Sure. And I rarely, rarely ever see you in a bad mood or just kind of flummoxed, but something tells me, or just kind of reading the room and reading the vibe, you've got something on your mind. So I have an existential crisis. Okay. Okay. And, you know, what I, what, what I want people to know about the Weekly Scramble is you and I don't sit down and say, here, on the th- third minute, no. let's ask this, right? Right. I come in, we jibber-jab around about stories that we can't talk about on the show because right. they're too personal or whatever they are, <laughs> and then we kick the microphones on. Yep. So I have not prepped you for this. Okay. But this will show you inside of me. And part of the, the reason that we don't do that, and, and one of the mistakes that we make on Garage Logic is yeah. we talk too much about a story That's we right. might be discussing. You want if you are working with someone that knows how to manage their way around a microphone, you want their reaction to be fresh. You always used to say, leave it for the show. Save it for the stage. Save it for the stage, right? Yep. So here's the stage set up for this existential crisis. Okay. And I need to know if I'm being logical on this or if I'm just oh way Oh, boy, off. I get okay. to be an yes. amateur psychologist. Okay. So um, I'm at a restaurant called La Casitas in Roseville, right? It's a Mexican restaurant. It's okay. the old Chi Chi's in Roseville. Oh, sure. I know exactly where so it is. So I'm in there. Great restaurant. I eat there all the time. It's right by my office. Go into the restroom, and I see on the wall something called um, Rebotics. Rebotics. And it's a harvesting microbiomes. And if you don't know what microbiomes, I don't. Microbiomes are the gut, the microbes in your gut. Okay. And the way they harvest the microbiomes is you drive over to their office in Roseville, and you use the restroom. No. And then they pay you thirty dollars. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, hold up. Yes. Wait a minute. Yes. Something ain't right. So what? What is it? Okay. What is the product used for? Let me ask um, that first. So, so they make medicine out of the microbiomes that repair people's gut biology, right? The cultures in their gut, so they can feel much healthier. So was this th- this was an advertising sign for this company, or was the product there no, to be no, used? No, 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 no. This was That's an advertising sign. Like I'm sitting at the urinal, I'm standing at the urinal, and in front of me is this thing that says, "Make three hundred dollars a week." Huh. By driving over to Roseville, <laughs> using the restroom, they do microbiome uh, bio harvesting from whatever you deposit at the place in Roseville. Okay. But here's where the crisis comes in. Now, every time after I've read that, it's been stuck in my psyche, $30 a time, up to $300 per week, right? Ten times. It's the math that's eating you alive. It's the every time <laughs> I do it now for free, I look down and think, there goes 30 bucks. Oh my God. Like I just threw, it's like I'm throwing away $30. So after Taco Tuesday, Wednesday comes around on my way to my office. I have my coffee on my way to my office. I'm 90% guaranteed I'm going to use a restroom when I get to my office, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's working out just right. But the problem is I get in my office, do the deed, and I'm down 30 bucks. So the math is what what's sticking with me. They said up to three hundred dollars. Ten times per week, you could go in. Oh, you're okay. So you, if, if you wanted to stop twice on Wednesday, you could. If if you had the ability to do it, <laughs> you right. could stop twice on Wednesday, and it's not far from my office. Technically, I could just go a couple minutes out of my way 
Wednesday mornings. Decent little part-time job. Make 30 bucks. It's not that bad. But I probably am not going to do that. I mean, in reality, I'm probably, probably not, not. going to do it. Yeah, probably but not. But now I'm stuck because it's not the fact that I'm not going to do it, but how I valued what I'm flushing. Mm-hmm. Now it has, instead of being waste, it's real cash dollars to me. So my question is, am I insane or am I just very, very, very cheap? Well, and now I want to just save that. Well, you, I, I don't think you're the one that's insane because you know this isn't this wasn't your idea. You're you're just expressing interest in a possible opportunity. It's like a business opportunity. Right. The world's easiest business opportunity. What I need to do, Reavers, mm-hmm. I'm not in sales here. <laughs> I don't I don't work for Hubbard. This is this is not my. Uh, um, the weekly scramble, I'm not responsible for the sale of the ads. Right. But I'm going to call these fine people at Rebiotics <laughs> and say, would you like to sponsor <laughs> the weekly scramble with Chris Reavers and Mike Fratelloni? Because I think it's a golden opportunity because there are guys driving right past that place every day that have no idea that they have gold just waiting for 30 bucks. Well, here's, I guess here's where my mind went as you were explaining this process because just down the street here towards the U of M, mm-hmm. There's the there's the place where um, they take donors. Donors, yes. And I have driven by there on occasion when they've been busy. Sure. Where there's been a line. A line of dudes just standing outside. And I'm thinking, I wonder if um, the recipient of mm-hmm. said donor realizes who's contributing. Who's just standing outside. And I, I yeah. guess they get a bio sheet of, yeah. oh, you know, this yeah. gentleman happens to be six foot three, blue eyes, wh- Going what, to college, whatever. Doing yeah. all this, yeah. But oftentimes, that's not who's no, helping out. No, And you think maybe that's not the sample you'd want. It's usually someone that's kind of maybe down on their luck. Yes. Or, or maybe life just didn't work out the way they had envisioned um, from the get-go. You but, know, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I also think that somebody somewhere in this microbiome process has to grab this sample and start harvesting the microbiomes. So in today's world of finding people to work, it's a crappy job, pun intended. Uh Someone's saying, yep, hand me the bucket because I got to harvest some microbiomes. You have to be a lab technician with some great gear on because that is not worth no. the thirty dollars. And it, 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 I hearken back to you know as you were beginning to tell the story, and mm-hmm. I thought you know a long a long time ago um, before this became a obviously successful uh, industry with mm-hmm. it, to the point mm-hmm. where they're able to advertise At, in a pretty nice restaurant, a nice restaurant above the urinal, best place in the, to advertise. And I'm wondering you know years ago before that idea all came to fruition, when someone went, I have an idea. I have an idea. Let's see what happens when we do this. Yes. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this guy who owns that company. Yeah. We're gonna get him on the air and say, what "Kind of guys, yeah, tell us the process." Because honest to God, three hundred dollars a month or three hundred dollars a week—that's kind of a lot of money. Sure, right? It's much easier than giving blood. You know, speaking probably not of, as satisfying as boy, giving the really, sample you were talking about. I but. really never thought we were gonna go down that road. <laughs> but as no. long as we're here and we're talking about those types of jobs, yeah, it reminds me of. I'm trying to think of how long ago this was. It had to have been, I, I think I was still in my 20s, so it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember a big group of us went to a gopher football game at the Metrodome. Okay. So it was me and my wife, a really good buddy of mine, and and his wife, and then another couple. So I think there was three of us couples. And we had parked, because we went out for dinner at Hoyt's Okay. Uh, before we went to the game. Sure. And so we were walking back because we thought it was a beautiful night, you know, whatever. Oh. So we're walking so back. Downtown was safe then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't like it is now. This is, again, it was, this was, this was you know, 2005 mm-hmm. or whatever. And I remember we walked by Sex World. Sure. And, of course, 
one of the one of the it was not mine. I guarantee it. Uh, and one of the wives went, "Let's go inside." And oh, I thought, wow. "What the hell? Why not? Yeah, you why know, not? we're all young, twenty or whatever." And so we went in, and it was more of a let's try to just buy something as a gag more sure. than anything else, and then or just walk around for a fraction of a second. I think everyone. I, those that have been inside know what I'm about to bring yeah, up. I but do. <laughs> in inside sex world, there are um, rooms, mm-hmm. private rooms, off to the side. And I remember standing there going, "Oh, okay, whatever." And then I saw the worst job known to man when I watched a guy with latex gloves, no, don't say and a it. bucket and a sponge oh, walk inside of there. Gross. And I thought, "That's a guy." That has to really, really, really yes. hate his own existence. Oh, that's that's where you just walk by and you just bang on the door and say, "Hey!" and just give the guy a little shake, you know, when he's in there. And I and I'm not looking down upon the job because oh. I I come from a family where both of my grandfathers were custodians. Sure. No so job, I'm not demeaning no job the job is below me. I'm just saying sure. I'm just saying that's that's got to be something that you think it's just not on the top of the list unless he owns the building. There you go. Then and he's just protecting his ass. <laughs> We were exactly. walking out of there one time, and you only went there after you were out in Minneapolis, right? Exactly. You didn't just go in there on a Tuesday at 4, right? Well, and some we, do, but Well, yeah. some do. But I was, I was walking out, and I was like looking at this display case, and then I realized, I'm like, oh, my God, it's a human woman sitting in a display case. Oh. Like right in the middle, like a full, with not a lot of air, you know, she's just sitting in a display case. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that seems weird. I didn't expect her to be alive. It could have been easily just a mannequin, and I would have not thought two things about it. But it was kind of neat. And Is I that re- place still there? Is that even still there? I I would assume so. Yeah. But I remember Rookie has a great story about it's not that location. It's the one that's, um, is it Lickety Split? Is that the sure, one it's called? Sure, That's more towards central downtown. Yeah, and never been And Joe there. and Pat had sent Rookie there to buy something. It was a, a gag gift or something like that. And he had to ask. I think it was edible underwear. I think that's what they had oh, sent no. him to go buy. Oh, no. And he went up to go ask. Mm-hmm. And the, the the customer that was behind him knew exactly where they were. Oh, really? And so he marched Rookie right over oh, to the no. Let case. me show you. They run a little tight, so get some big ones. <laughs> I do remember, too, at Sex World. We're going real deep on the yes, Sex World. I guess we are. But when you get caught stealing something there, they take a Polaroid photo of you instead of calling no. the police. So, you're, so you hold up what you were stealing. And they take a picture of you holding whatever they it is. They have the wall of shame. And they have the wall of shame, and you're like, oh gosh, I you would pay anything to get off that wall of fame. Well, first of all, you're well, you're, you you kind of deserve it, don't you? You, I mean, you got caught stealing. You could either have the police come and get you, or they can ask your name, right? Because they mm-hmm. have the people's names, and then a, a Polaroid of them holding whatever they were stealing. Oh, could you like, imagine oh. going through there going? Uncle Bob, yeah, Bob Johnson. <laughs> that was. Uh, remember um, Ground Zero, that club in Minneapolis. You might have never been to this oh, place. Wait, I, I, I vaguely remember the name. Wasn't it over by? Um, it was kind of uh, by Nyes and Northeast. Yes, 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 exactly. So it was on on one night. Um, Ground Zero turned into. And this is going to sound way worse than it is, but like a bondage bar. I remember because there was a restaurant next to it called Mirren's Table. Yep. Yep. And Great I remember, restaurant, in fact. And, and I remember uh, we did an event there when I was when I used to work at 107. We sure. did a couple of events there because we had a partnership with them. And I remember walking by Ground Zero and I'm thinking, what is going on? What is going on so, with the people that are in here? When I was younger, what, 20 years ago, I, you know, or maybe even longer than that, we would kind of bring people there a shock value because it was just like, 
People it, as in friends like or friends, potential clients? No, 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 no. <laughs> just, just pure friends. But anyway, hey, guy from Toronto. Yeah, yeah. it, it was a, it was a total just dance club, loud music. Sure. But then had like little vignettes of weirdness. Okay. And it was like kind of just sup, a spectacle to watch, right? Sure. And then every blue moon, uh, there'd be a guy in tidy whiteies walking by you with a bullwhip, you know, in his mouth, and someone holding a leash, and you'd be like the heck is going on here like it was just so weird and so foreign so i'm there one night and and i'm with my girlfriend and it's a bunch of friends and we're having drinks and, and the music's loud and it's, it was actually a great great i'm not a dancer but people who danced really loved it because mm-hmm. they they really knew how to make that kind of club noise where people love dancing sure, right sure and all of a sudden i look and i'm like wait and it's my dad's best friend no no it, late at night like midnight right maybe uh, even later than that right I go down, I'm not going to say his name, right? I go down and I say, hey, blank, what are you doing here? And he turns to me and says, please, whatever you do, do not tell your father. <laughs> and I said, too late, man. There is not a chance. It's I can already on this Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, I shouldn't say best friends. Friends sure, for a long sure, time. Sure. They haven't seen each other in probably 20 years. To the point years. where he knew you the second he saw you. He knew me the yeah. second he saw me. Yeah. But um, it was so funny. And you could just see. And he was out with some buddies, right? Sure. And they were just... Way too old to be at that kind of place. He has like a Marlboro leather jacket on, you know, that that kind of guy from from up north or whatever coming down to see what's going on at the weird Ground Zero in Minneapolis. That is always the the interesting point in a young person's life mm-hmm. where whether it's I, I'll never forget the first time. There's two stories that come to mind. The first time I went out because I didn't start drinking till I was 21. People never believe me when sure. I say that, but it's the absolute honest to God truth. And I remember coming home from college during Christmas break. And it was because I had just turned 21 in November. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming back home, going out with a bunch of uh, friends of mine from, from town and seeing one of our teachers out. Sure. At the bar. And keep on, so you're three years removed from high school. Yeah. It was still weird yeah, to that, see. That teacher could have been 26 yeah, or and, 24. And, yeah. and I, I, oh, what was his last name? I don't want to out him either, but yeah. he was a great guy. He was a, He was one of the coaches and he was legally out at the bar having a drink with his wife. He wasn't doing anything wrong, but it was just odd Seeing him in that, you know, in in that realm, it was I, just it was weird. I'm sure I told you this story before. I have a very good uncle that listens to this show. is huge fans, gives us feedback yeah, on the yeah. show. Been doing it for years, and he's been in media for years, right? Okay. So he used to be the number one newscaster in Duluth. Right? I did not know that. Yeah, so he read the news up in Duluth. He did the ten o'clock news, whatever it was, and 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 it was the number one in that market. It was a really really big deal. But Duluth is a secondary or tertiary market, so you don't make a fortune, right? Sure. So he actually had another job as a bouncer at the big bar in downtown Duluth. Really? So people would see him on the news, then he would hustle over for his job because he needed to eat, mm-hmm. and they'd say, what are you doing here? Like, they didn't get that he wasn't a multimillionaire because he was reading the news, and mm-hmm. he's like, you don't get it. It's just, this is the starting ground, and you hope someday to make it to all the way up to a Minneapolis and then a San Francisco and a Los Angeles and all that stuff. But it was really tough for him because, one, he didn't drink. Second of all, being a bouncer at a bar after you're you're wearing the same suit you wore to read the news. Yeah. That'd be a tough, tough job. It's almost like bartending and running into listeners. There you go. Did that happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it was all great. But yeah. It, it, but the same thing. It's kind of like. Well, yeah, well, like what Rivers is my bartender. Yes, yes, I am. And I'm going to be another one, yeah. In fact, uh, I remember I was doing a private event. This would have been about, oh, I don't know, four or five years ago. And uh, it was a either a groom's dinner or the after the wedding 
before we go to dinner, okay. like for an hour kind of thing. Sure. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been a groom's dinner. But in any, in any event, um, uh, we were doing, it was me and another guy that I work with, and he's awesome. And we were talking, and all of a sudden, th- these people discovered who I was, and which was fine. They were mm-hmm. they couldn't have been cooler. Sure. And then my buddy Mike, who you've met, who I was working with, would say things like, man, that Garage Logic, man, they're just mean, aren't they? He would start doing that just to get people going so they would start chirping at me. Sure. It, it, it was it was more fun than anything else. But yeah, so that I can relate. So did they just realize you were the great Chris Reavers from The Voice? Is that what they... <laughs> uh, that, and honestly, ever since we started to adapt the YouTube channel, sure, then they know. I do get recognized a little bit. Like I, sure. I think I told you I got recognized three times at the Gopher football game yeah. on Homecoming, which was, it was cool. You know what you got to do when people say... Are you Chris Reavers? Say, sure, you can buy me a beer. <laughs> you just have to have that one line ready. So speaking of that, that actually uh, segues perfectly into the story that I wanted to bring up. So this past weekend, uh, we were pretty busy. My wife and I had a wedding Friday night down in St. Peter for my buddy Mitch and uh, and his beautiful wife. And then on Saturday, I had a meeting in New Prague. Uh, and so we we met in New Prague at the Fishtail Cafe. It sounds delicious. It was, it was pretty cool. And uh, then all of a sudden, I realized... Well, it's you know four o'clock, and I thought, oh, Mankato's playing St. Cloud in hockey, number one versus number two. You were going to that anyways. You well, bought your tickets online from no, what? It- <laughs> well, I was looking at it. I was looking at it, but then because I, I didn't think it was going to be able to work, because Friday I sure. couldn't go, obviously, sure. and I didn't think Saturday I was going to be able to make it either. But our our meeting only lasted about a little over an hour, and I thought. Oh, I got time. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I looked, stuff up, everything sold out. I'm like, oh, man, is it even worth down there to scalp a ticket? Sure. And then I remembered, because I used to, my wife and I, my girlfriend back then, we used to go to all, I mean, it was fun to go, because nobody went to the football games, really, because sure. A, we weren't that good, and B, it was freezing, because that stadium, the wind goes right through there. So unless you went to the first couple of games, yeah, it was, it was cold. so cold. Yeah. But the hockey team was really good, and you could usually get in for like five bucks. Yeah. When you were a student, it was it was deal. awesome. Yeah, sure. So I thought, I'll just get a standing room ticket, yeah. right? Walk around, find an empty seat. So yeah. it had been it had been a minute, as the kids would like to say. Mm-hmm. It had been a minute since I've partied in Mankato. Oh, and good. I didn't even really party. I just I thought, well, I'll go down to you know, you're familiar with downtown Mankato. A little bit. Right? Yeah, yeah. So Front Street is the one that has all of the bars that sure. like the the main bars, and then they redid well, read they probably did it fifteen years ago. But they redid the area where the hockey arena is into a really cool, they have like a giant parking ramp now okay. and a lot of cool little pubs and stuff. Sure. And it was packed. Packed, yeah. Because yeah, obviously it's St. Cloud and Mankato. Is that, is that one and two? I mean, are yeah. they ranked one and Mankato two? Oh, Mankato was ranked. one and St. Cloud was two and then they split. So I think now St. Cloud is one and Mankato is two. Really? After a split, they switched. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I mean, it, Mankato should have lost both games, apparently. Oh, okay. I didn't see a second of the Friday night game, but St. Cloud was clearly the better team. Okay. So in any event... So I'm walking by, and it was just kind of cool to get a vibe of the, your yeah, old stomping grounds. Absolutely. Yeah. So I walk in. I had a I had a beer because I was it still was like an hour till, till game time, mm-hmm. and so then uh, I get my ticket. I walk into the arena, and I'm on. It's a really cool. If you've never been, honestly, it's a really hidden gem. If you if you love hockey. You can get in for fifteen bucks. Is it uh, five thousand seats? Seven thousand? It's f- it's I think forty five hundred. Okay, so and it's not. Twelve thousand. No, no, okay. no. It's it's a little bit smaller than Mariucci. Okay. Because I think Mariucci is five or seven, right? Whatever, whatever it is. But it's it's a perfect spot because if you have if you have young kids that love hockey, mm-hmm. it's an awesome arena to go check okay. out because you're so close to the action. The hockey's really good, and it's just a fun vibe. It's just a really cool vibe. So at any event, I'm just kind of roaming. I'm walking around because it had been a while since I've been to the arena, and they redid a bunch of the signage and stuff. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. 
And all of a sudden I hear Reavers. I'm like, oh man, it's a GL or Donna Mankato. Sure. That's, okay. That's cool, yeah. So I turn and he says, You don't recognize me. And I said, Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. He goes, It's Tim. He used to, I used to live on your floor. And I went, No way. Are you and then kidding once me? he told me who he was, sure. then I then I instantly remembered who he was. Wow, you know what I mean? Like, what are the chances? Because again, I haven't seen the guy in fifteen 20, years. No, yeah. it's been longer than that, like twenty some years. Wow. But it it was really cool. So we just chatted. He's a big fan of both this show and Garage Logic. Cool, cool. Um so we started to chat. And I said, well, I have a standing room ticket. Am I okay? Because we were you know, standing on the balcony. He goes, sure. I'm the one that's going to throw you out, so you're good. Oh, there you go. But Perfect. we just started yeah. to, to, to talk shop, and I was asking about how the, you know, because he, he was one that moved there and then stayed there, became a, a police officer in town and worked security for a lot of the events because it's, he goes, well, I'd be coming here anyway. Sure, I might as well get paid, the game to, and paid yeah. to watch yeah. the game. So anyway, but then I thought, and the game started at 6. Okay. Here's where I'm going. Here's where I'm going <laughs> with, with this story. So then it, it was like 6 o'clock. And I thought, man, I better, I better start heading home. You know, yeah. after like after the second period, I thought, well, I better start thinking about getting out of here because I could tell it was going to take a while to get out of sure. there. The ranch thinking, can take a bit. And I started to walk back. I'm like, oh my god, I'm old. Yeah, I'm officially old. Like I, yeah. I never would have. We would have said we're, oh, we're staying here. Yeah, and then, and then we're gonna then go we're to going this out bar, to the bar, and then we're gonna go to that bar. Yeah. And I thought. I just want to go home. Yeah, it's it's time for me to go to bed. When you're already planning when you're going to leave before you get to the game, it's always like let's le- leave third period, beginning of third period. To the point where, because Mankato to my house is maybe 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's how far southwest sure. I am. And I thought I got home, and she and the boys were still up watching a movie. Yeah, yeah. and she looks at me and she goes, "What the hell are you doing home?" Yeah, How'd and I said, work? "Well, the game started at six. and she goes, "Oh, still oh, okay." Yeah, yeah. And she. Clearly thought, what the hell is you? Are you doing home so early? I, you know, when I I listen to GL and when or um, uh, Monday Night Sports Talk, mm-hmm. and when you say to so, if you don't listen to Monday Night Sports Talk, you should do that, people. If you don't listen to, because a lot of times it's it's you and Sushere and Royce and you and Royce and Rookie, t- and Rookie yep. but you you kind of are the sports guy on on that. You and Royce are the biggest sports fan, and you'll say something like, "How many does that arena hold? Forty five hundred? And Royce will say, "Sixty three twenty four." And he's right. Like, how does he know what arena holds? Is it just does he does he do prep work for these shows? Because it's impossible to have that much his, knowledge locked into his, his head. His ability to retain subtle information and would nuance be the right word? Sure, just the on rant, such yeah. a wide variety of things to me is absolutely astounding. It, to I the mean, point I'm where we had a bit. All the time. We had a bit when when Royce and I used to do the radio show together mm-hmm. where. I forget what it was. Oh, I remember one in particular where the Vikings were going to play the Detroit Lions. Okay. Um, and he rattled off because he had covered a Vikings-Lions Thanksgiving Day game in, I think, 1990. And he rattled off how few rushing yards the Lions had against that really good Vikings defense yeah. back in 1990. Yeah. And I looked it up, and he nailed the rushing stead. It was like 63 yards. How? And I said... That's amazing. He's like, well, there's, and I, and then he said, well, yeah, I, I tend to remember things like that. I said, okay, where'd you park? <laughs> and then he couldn't remember that. Really? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's things like that. That was our running bit where he could remember something from 32 years ago. But, but the important stuff right. where he left his keys. Right. I, you know, whenever I hear you guys talking, I hear Joe and when they, oh, did you cover the 84 LA Olympics? And then they say, oh, I, I went to the Paraguay Uruguay game. Mm-hmm. And they have all of that kind of in their memory banks, right? And those guys are not brand new. They're, you know, older dudes, right? They're sure. adult, adult men, right? 
And I think that's unbelievable. I've been to two Super Bowls in my life. Okay. I can barely tell you what town they were in. <laughs> I don't remember what teams were playing. Uh, obviously, it wasn't anything that had to do with the Vikings because that was a long, long time ago. But it's like, how do they remember this stuff? Because they were just covering it for work, right? And Suchere's not the biggest sports fan in the world. All right. So let's play a game. Yeah. This will be our Ask Mike Anything okay, uh, segment, yeah. of which, by the way, received rave reviews. Fantastic. Although nobody at, submitted a question for yeah, me, but that's yeah, okay, boy, too. That's all right. Um, but let's Ask Mike Anything. Oh, no. If you can tell me what year the Super Bowl was, I most likely am going to be able to tell you who played and in what city that Super Bowl was um, held. I can't tell you that. I may, Maybe, I think I was in maybe 1989. So 89 would have been the 88 season. Well, that was the one here. Then not 1989. 19, no, no, no. That was ninety. That was 91. What am I talking about? So 89 um, would have been the 88 season, which would have been the San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. and the Denver Broncos. Was that in Joe Robbie Stadium? And I think that was in the Superdome. Okay. What Super Bowl was right, around no, that that was in Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami? Okay. I think it was the 49ers and List the... Of Super Bowls. <laughs> this is compelling stuff for the listener, I'm Honest sure. to God, I think I've been to two Super Bowls in Joe Robbie Stadium. Okay, so Joe, Ro- Joe Robbie Stadium, 1989-ish. Oh, it was the 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. January 22nd, 1989. I was right. So I mista- I mistakenly made the, the, the proclamation for next year's Super Bowl. Okay. This was actually... I, I take that back. That was January 22nd of... The 1988 season okay. of January 1989. Okay, was, then I went in 99. The one that 89. was next year was San Francisco at Denver at the Louisiana Superdome. Well, that's pretty darn good. You have a good memory. So all I remember that whole thing, okay, the entire thing, my dad and I went, I remember getting our tickets and realizing that we were on the top row of not the bottom bowl, the top row of the top balcony, <laughs> all the way to the top. So high were we. How high were you? That when the jets passed, <gasps> no the way. afterburners, you could feel them rush. The heat went. <sighs> oh, I bet that was cool. It was cool. A little surprising. Like, oh, were they close enough that the heat from the jets, we felt the heat from the jets? Do you That's, remember? Oh, go ahead. Go, and, and, I don't remember anything about the game, but one other thing that happened is we were so high. How high were you? That the guy next to us had his son with him. And he thought he was having a heart attack, Oh no! but he had his little son with him. And I said, give me your driver's license. And he gave me his driver's license. I said, I promise you, your son's going to be just fine. So we'll take care of this. We'll be in contact. This is way before cell phones and all that stuff. So he got kind of carted off and his son, just little kid, maybe nine, 10 years old, sat with us and we're just watching the game and we're getting popcorn and stuff. And about 40 minutes later, his dad just comes strolling back up the stairs, totally fine, but just the walk was so long, so high, and oh, so far, man. he thought he had a cute angina, and uh, that's a heart problem, just yeah. FYI. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny. It's a funny word. Uh, yeah, and uh, and he thought he was having a little heart palpitations, but my he was goodness. totally fine. And I said, here, but he said, thanks so much for doing that. The moment I gave you my driver's license, I knew he was going to be okay, because I kind of just said, like, I need to know who you are for sure. Like, Just gotta, in case. Yeah, just, just in case this doesn't work. I have to find work. Billy's mom. Yeah, yeah. I need to, like, <laughs> be able to contact somebody. But those are the two things. I, wow. and, okay, let me, let me see if I'm, I can but remember. But imagine being that kid in that moment going... Well, I'm what? now stuck with two strangers. Two I random strangers, and he just sat there. We just, he just sat there. We did. We we won this trip, right? Have you ever followed up with that kid? No, no, I didn't. It was it was fine. What a cool story that would be. Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't. He Unless didn't, he's a serial killer. Yeah, now. he didn't really know what was going on. Because he was, he was pretty traumatized. Young kid. By yeah, he was just kind of sitting there staring off at the game, just wondering if his dad was going to come back. And oh, his dad, really? you know, it wasn't like 
they, you know, he got some oxygen and they brought him down. It wasn't like, you know, super, super traumatic, but it, it was still very traumatic. But I, I remember we, we won the trip to that game. Like some, what happened is somebody who shops at our stores yep. filled out a, a thing to win a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And it said, what retailer did you buy this at? And they wrote down Fratelloni's, right? Nice. So we won, which was fantastic. And we got to stay at the Breakers. And the Breakers in West Palm Beach is by far, I mean, when I say by far, the most expensive, nicest place I've been to in the entire world. Wow. I mean, it is g- way f- so far out of my league right. that one time I saw my wife looking at a picture of the Breakers and I just slapped her and no. said, stop. <laughs> no. Right? $10,000 I mean, yeah. a night. I mean, I think back then it was like six, 700 bucks a night Which back then. Back then was big. You know, a couple thousand bucks a night now, What? whatever. Yeah. And it was gorgeous. And I thought, what are we doing here? They could have put us up. At any holiday, and it wouldn't have mattered. It was a bunch of people who won a trip, free trip to the Super Bowl from buying a roll of duct tape, right? It right. wasn't like, it wasn't, we weren't all high rollers, right? <laughs> and they could literally put us anywhere. And I remember eating like in this big, beautiful room they have. And I thought, what are we doing here, Dad? I don't think they like our kind here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we shouldn't be here. Have you ever started. been to West Palm? I have. It, well, I mean, talk about like just high end, just gorgeous. Well, I, I, I went down for the Super Bowl. You did? Last year. I didn't go to the yeah. game. Okay. I did not go to the game, but I, I went down to work uh, a couple of events because this was back when you know people were really short on help because sure. people were still f- afraid to travel. Yep. And yep. you know, so I, I I was begged by someone, I need bodies. I need sure. I need anyone. So I flew down to Orlando because uh, it's super cheap to fly to Orlando, mm. and then I rented a car, drove to Miami, which I wish I hadn't done because it's three hours. Yeah. Uh, worked an event all day, drove back, and then worked the before the game at a little uh, really cool uh, tap house right okay. across the street from uh, Raymond James Stadium. It was just so crazy busy. It was insane, yeah, and yeah. It, it, mostly it was because Tampa Bay was playing it. I, I I think had well, I guess Green Bay travels well too, but had it been another team, I don't know that it would have been as nuts. But sure. that's why they needed so many people to work because Tampa Bay was playing at home. For the for the game, do you is, is this a good enough time in the weekly scramble for you to tell the dumbest story you've ever done when you went to a Super Bowl? And I mean, is this? Sure. Is, I know this comes up every once in a while, and I think this might be the dumbest thing you've ever done. Mm-hmm. And oh no, I've done dumber. I, I don't I don't really know if it is. Could you just relay, <sighs> set out the color? What happened? What was in your right. thoughts when you went to? By the way, the Super Bowl. I will tell that in one second. Okay. First, uh, the other one that you attended might have been in 1995, January of 95. Okay, and who you was it? You said it was at Joe Robbie Stadium. Joe Robbie, right? yep. Uh, San Francisco 49ers beat the San Diego Chargers, 49 to 26. You know, maybe that's why I don't remember because it was San Francisco 49ers each time. Okay, maybe that's why. And I have no love for the 49ers, but that's very possibly. Otherwise, the, another one at Raymond. Not Raymond James. You said it was. It was. It could have been Raymond James then, because it. No, Raymond Raymond James James is Tampa. Okay, so Joe Robbie did that. Became something else, right? Yes, it did. Uh, Became Dolphin Stadium, two thousand and six. Indianapolis Colts, Chicago Bears. Nope, it would have been in the nineties. I bet you it's ninety five. I bet you that was it. Okay, eighty nine and ninety five. There you go. Wow. Well, well done. So I mean, now you're looking it up, but that's yeah, they are. Okay, so now I'm going to find the one that uh, that that you're alluding to. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like this this minor Super Bowl that that you had a chance to see. Maybe it was the year before it was here. Yeah. Okay, here it is. It's February fifth of two thousand and seventeen. Uh, which was the 2016 season in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. 
I've told this story a million times. It's in so show. worth it. If you haven't heard this story, if you've heard it, bear with <laughs> us. If you haven't heard it, just think of Reavers as a moron from All this right. day on. So I have a good friend who lives in Dallas and works for a large firm. Okay. And his company was doing uh, an event that week, but then they also had tickets for each employee and a significant other to attend the game. Okay. So I flew to Dallas. And then he and I drove to Houston. Mm -hmm. He was going to stay. I took a rental car. He was going to stay an extra couple days, and then I was just going to drive back and then fly home. I know. So I get down there, or we get down there. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It took us about 17 hours to check in just to get inside the stadium because we had to go through the auxiliary not not the media entrance, but that there there's so many different entrances sure. when you go to events like this. All right, so it took us forever to get in. Yeah. Then once we get inside, it was so crowded, it it, it felt like you were at a Stones concert. Okay. It was it was just we were packed like sardines sure. to the point where where we were assigned to sit, you couldn't actually see the game. Okay. Because it was one of those. Uh, you went to the All Star game, right? When yeah. It was at just Target where Field. they just get anything where you so can. So yeah. remember the media seats that they basically put underneath the mezzanine for sure. the upper deck. Yeah. That's what it was like. Except you couldn't. At least with those seats at Target Field, you could still see the field of play. Okay. With these, you couldn't see you the game. Yeah. So you were watching it off a monitor. Yeah. What fun is that? And I thought, yeah. well, this is just dumb. So and then, then Atlanta. Is rolling. What were they? It was twenty-eight to three, right at halftime. Twenty-eight to three at halftime. Wait, wait. 28 to 3. So you knew Atlanta was going to win because they're 28 to 3. And right? I'm thinking up all right. by 25 points. I was I wasn't staying in Houston because everything was so godly expensive. Mm-hmm. I actually rented a beach house down in Galveston. Okay. Which, which is, is about 40 minutes away. 30, right. 30 yeah. 40 minutes away. Yeah. So I'm thinking, all right, I can get all the way down there. Halftime's gonna be half an hour long. Sure. If I left right now, I could be in my car because <laughs> I had to take the tram back to my car. I could be in my car. There and watch almost the entire second half and drink my own beer. Yeah, at the beach house in Galveston. This is going to be sweet. Yeah. And so then I did that. I got back to my room and got settled in. I'm like, oh, this is great. Put my feet up, watching the TV. The water's flowing in on the Gulf. Is is that the Gulf, right? Okay. On the Gulf. And I'm thinking, oh, this is good. And then New England scored. And all right, that's fine. And then New England scored again. And then it goes to overtime, and my phone is exploding with all these people that that knew I was there. You just you tell us what it's like live from the best game ever in the history of the Super Bowl. And I waited to respond just because I didn't know how exactly I was going to frame it to people. But the only person I responded to was my wife. Mm-hmm. She said, "This is incredible." Oh, no. And the picture I sent her back because I had sent her a couple of pictures of me inside. The, sure, you know the. She the, thought you were still there, maybe. Yeah. And I sent her a picture of me sitting <laughs> sitting on. The, the terrace uh, of of the, whatever you call it, looking, mm. overlooking the water, with the TV on in the background. Sure. And she said, you have got to be kidding oh, me. no. Because she knows how I am. She says, that I'm not even shocked that you left, sure. left the game early. <laughs> and I just went, yeah, well, you win some, you lose some, right? Number one comeback ever. Ever. Right? And the ever. only Super Bowl ever to go to overtime. Yeah. Um, and yet you got to see it from the Lanai and your beach house. Galveston. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That is a great story. I, for somehow, what I like to do is I like to tell stories, but I add color that some people might think I'm lying. I'm not. I just 
truly just think of the stories a little different. And I remember you leaving that game and going driving to Waco, Texas, for some reason, to go to the Magnolia store. Oh, on because, my way there, yes. Okay, because no, no, Chip no, no, and sorry. Joanna Gaines had a store, and you wanted to get something for your wife. Sorry, I, I take that back. Not on my way there, because I would have had my buddy with me. Okay. It was when I was coming back by myself, because I still had... Un, yeah, because I, I drove back the next day. Yeah, okay. And you I remember I still I was going to stay the night in Dallas, and then I was flying out early Tuesday morning. I okay. Think, yeah, because obviously I would have stayed down there Sunday night. And I thought, well, I'll just because my wife absolutely loves that show. Sure. And I thought, well, I'm I'm right here. Yeah, I got nothing well. else to do. See, I just for some reason the way I tell it, which maybe is even a better story, <laughs> it's not truthful. But I always have you leaving the Super Bowl so you could make it to Waco, Texas, <laughs> to get your wife a candle right. that smells like Joanna Gaines. And then, or chip gains, either one, either we don't one, care. Right. And then you, uh, going back to your, I forgot, the beach house in Galveston. Yeah. That still, I was on a plane that day mm-hmm. that had live television. But what do I do? I decide to watch like Saints, like the All Saints movie or King of Saints movie. Because mm-hmm. I thought, ah, oh, it's 25-3, this is over. Switch to some stupid movie. Land, don't pay any attention. And then, wait, wait. It's an overtime. It's not even an overtime. Oh, I, the, the game was over. well, long over. I'm like, no way no way i mean that was and i don't like i'm not one and you're not one to miss a super bowl i'm gonna watch the super bowl yeah right maybe even the full and that was part of the reason i left is i wanted to watch the super bowl but i couldn't where i was sitting oh gosh that's hilarious so anyway favorite uh, story favorite reaver story yeah Yeah. well i'm sure the fine folks at harmony spirits really appreciate that if you are unfamiliar harmony spirits down there in beautiful harmony minnesota handcrafted spirits made in our own backyard they are great people stop in at that tasting room they have a really cool rotation uh, craft cocktail menu that they uh, they do a really good job with. In fact, uh, I got an email from a guy who's he and his wife uh, stopped in there on their way to a wedding, and uh, he wanted me to thank him for the recommendation. I wish I would have pulled up that email, um, but thank you very much for supporting Harmony Spirits. We really appreciate that. They are really really good guys, and they make really really good spirits. And uh, also, please do us a favor and go into your local liquor store and please ask for the Harmony brand by name. That's how they are going to continue to grow. They have a lot of cool events also listed at their website, which is HarmonySpirits.net. And uh, please, if you stop in at the tasting room, let them know that Reavers and Fratelloni from the Weekly Scramble told you to stop in. And if you want to mention GL, you, 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 I guess you can, too. That'll, I know that, a guy work. who needs a drink from Harmony Spirits. Who's that? It's a guy I was reading this story, and you may have may or not have seen this. I'm a sports car fan, right? I don't have one, sure, but I'm a, sure. a sports car fan. And in different parts of the world, when you speed, things happen. So I'm reading this story about an Iraqi citizen who lives in Norway. Okay. He goes out and buys a Lamborghini Huracan Preformante Spider oh for 300000 bucks. Oh, boy. Driving it home from the dealership, hits 147 miles per hour. Oh, wow. Gets pulled over. They grab his car. No. They sell the car. No. 300,000 bucks to drive 15 miles home, and it cost him 300,000 bucks to bring it up to 147 miles per hour. How would you like to be that guy in Norway? So that happens, I guess, in Denmark, Norway, different parts of Sweden. If you do something reckless in your car, they just go ahead and take it, and they auction it off. They How say, congratulations. Because remember, when they... When you get a speeding ticket in Denmark, and yeah. if you make a million bucks, your speeding ticket's twenty eight thousand. If you make ten thousand bucks, your speeding oh. ticket's twenty eight hundred or twenty eight dollars. Whatever it it, it goes it on. Based it accrues on based income. on your. So this thing, if your ticket was big enough, they just impound the car. And I just could you imagine buying a three hundred thousand dollar car? You you took a couple of Instagram pics, right? And then you're heading down the road at one hundred forty seven miles per hour. Gone. Well, I. 
so if if the math is correct, then I would assume that this is the kind of guy, based upon however much money he must make, that is probably like, well, yeah, I'll just go get another. I one. don't care who you are. I don't care. If no, you, I, if you I have, agree with if you. you. Have, Five hundred million bucks. You were mad that you just spent thirty thousand bucks per mile. Wow. You know how many times you'd have to donate microbiomes for that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the math. That's a, it's a week. It's a lot. A thousand weeks. A thousand weeks. You have to do that. That's a lot of testing. <laughs> Is that tax free, by the way? Did I you look that up? May, you know, I'm going to have to check because. You know, that's going to make me feel a little bit better, Reverse. Because if I had to pay taxes on that money, then it's really only fifteen bucks a time. True. Oh. You know what? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Did I just ease your pain? Yeah, you did. Because I can, I can, <laughs> I can afford to lose fifteen dollars an occasion, but thirty dollars is a lot of money. That's real money. Oh my god. That's that's three McDonald's. I just can't even believe that you know getting that news. Because I'm, I'm gonna guess he's not native to Denmark. Was he even aware of the law? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Who knows? As a oh. as an Iraqi citizen, but a resident of Norway, maybe he knew, mm-hmm. but. I mean, just think of the the feeling of you just bought. Maybe this is first Lambo that he's ever had, right? I, I'm sounding like everybody gets one. You know, maybe it's, sure. it's it's one in a blue moon that even would have a chance to own one. <laughs> it's gone 15 minutes later. Oh. That just has to hurt. That just has to hurt. Was it worth it going 150 miles an hour? I don't know. I told you I went 152. That's the fastest I've ever been, wow. right? And I couldn't see anymore. Like, and I was on a racetrack. I just, my eyes were chattering so bad from the, and I was in a Lamborghini. My eyes were chattering from the bouncing. I couldn't see anymore. And I thought, well, how do F1 drivers do 218 miles for per hour? three straight hours. How, how do they do it? Or whatever. I, mean, I, I can't even, like, I'm that weak that I can't keep my, my <laughs> eyes from chattering up and down where I just felt like I was completely blind. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. What did, what did you, uh, uh, that truck yard thing, did you guys ever talk, uh, you talked about that oh, on? Yes, uh, the, the unfortunate story of the Tell, shooting What if people aren't listening from Minnesota? Let's give a little background on that one. All right, so we had an unfortunate situation Saturday night where uh, three men uh, opened fire in a packed bar in downtown St. Paul, which for those of you that might not be familiar with the area of West 7th and downtown St. Paul, it's about as safe as it gets as yeah. it relates to large metropolitan areas. There are obviously parts of both Minneapolis and St. Paul that aren't as safe, but this one, I guess for me and you being a lifelong St. Paul mm-hmm. guy, I live three blocks away from that. It really hit home. I mean, I remember, cause again, I, I went to bed early sure. Saturday night cause I was yeah. tuckered from being at the hockey yeah, game. Yeah. So I didn't see the story until I got up and uh, around 8.30 in the morning is when I first saw the tweet. And I went, oh, my God. So I immediately yeah. flipped the news on. And of course, the, you know they were the, the news outlet I was watching was going wall to wall with it. But here's why it hit home. It hit home for two reasons. Number one, I've been in there 100 times. Number two, I've worked in service industry mm-hmm. in downtown a, a lot. since in a I, much more dangerous area. In yeah. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but that part, because it's so close to the X, and, and there was almost... A unique sense of innocence to West 7th. Does that make any sense? 100% of where what you're talking about. That was the one part of either Minneapolis or St. Paul where you knew, at, whether it was after a wild game, after a concert, mm-hmm. or maybe not even whatever, just you you were able to bring your family to, to go to Cassettas yes. and grab dinner yeah. or, or Mancini's or mm-hmm. whatever. And you never felt like you were really going to be in any danger there. Not, not even close. Not even close. And that's what was so shocking to me about that. I thought... And that's what, so Mike, Monday I came in here, excuse me, I was already here. Joe came in and he looked at me and he just said, what the bleep? Yeah, what is and going I, on? And yeah. I looked at him, I said, you know what my reaction was? Nowhere is safe anymore. Yeah. And that's yeah. so unfortunate because there's such a great vibe. I mean, what we said this a hundred times, West 7th is really all St. Paul has left. Mm-hmm. 
you know, in terms yeah. of bringing people nothing like me, really downtown, bringing people yeah. in from from yeah. outside of St. Paul. That that yeah. was be you know outside of going to a wild game or a concert. Do you think people canceled their wild tickets because of this? I bet you they did. Because they've been walking by the truck yard, because they park down that block, and they've walked by, is it truck park? It's truck park. They walk by truck park, and now they're thinking to themselves, I don't, although the only nice thing, if there's such a nice thing, is, you know, it was late at night, right? It was it was well sure. past midnight, so the hockey families could say, okay, wait, we're going to be long gone before that kind of stuff Do happens. Do I think people canceled their tickets? No. Mm-hmm. But I do think it changed a lot of people's mind about, well, I'm not taking my kids to a wild game. Yeah. I think a lot of people did make that decision. I know I'm one of them. We usually would go to one or two wild games a year. Mike, I didn't go to Target Field once with yeah. my family yeah. this year. Yeah. I went to one game uh, with my buddy Corey. Sure. Uh, I went to one Twins game with him on a Monday night. Yeah. But I did not I did not bring my family to Target Field sure. once this year, and, and that made me say, Mom, I, I really don't. And yeah. this isn't, oh, guy in the suburbs that doesn't want. Yeah, that, you, you were there I all live, the time. I work downtown yeah. Yeah. every single day. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just think that's it's so unfortunate. It, it is. Really is. It's unfortunate. I've been, you know, as a business owner, I think, well, is Truck Park going to reopen? And my, my answer is, of course, yes. And then what do you do to secure that place? Right. What do you do? And I thought, well, you know, and this is not the answer, obviously, but, you know, a whole bunch of restaurants are saying, hey, if, you, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come. Well, maybe they can do a, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come. And oh, by the way, if you're a felon, you can't come. I mean, what could st- you imagine? I mean, the outcry people would lose their mind. I'm not but even you disagreeing just, with you, I, but. I, but just I mean, it's a unique thought. Just say the truck yard say, hey, by the way, because all those guys were felons. Yep. Every one of them were felons. Not one of them should have been on the street. Not one of them. One of them should have been like he had to stay for last 365 days. He should have been in jail for 365 days. I don't know enough about the story. I'm just I'm I do. Just, OK, but I'm just throwing that little bit out there. Yeah. Right. So excuse me if I'm not right. But what you know, what what would stop? Some company to say, or some bar and restaurant to say, "Hey, congratulations! We need to make sure you're vaccinated, or or we don't care if you're vaccinated, but if you have a felony, because now since we can ask about your mm-hmm. health care, mm-hmm. we might now be able to ask about your background. And if you have a felony, congratulations, you can't come to Truck Park. Yeah, I certainly trust the leadership in the city of St. Paul to, to do something to, like that. Yeah, yeah. Real, to make it, a it's, drastic. It's a really, you know, it's funny. I saw so um, I was watching the marathon run down Summit. Right, I live right off there. I'm yeah. watching the marathon, and I see Melvin Carter running doing the marathon and i want to i, I want to believe in melvin i do yeah. I, I want to say and this is going to sound childish to me handsome guy he's from saint paul he's his dad was a police officer dad was a policeman he's african-american if anybody can do this it should be the likes of him he's not a dope i know people that know him he's, they say he's a bright man right and i think how are we so disconnected how how is he doesn't want people in his city to get killed? I know he doesn't. Of course, he'd not. have to be a psychopath. So how are we different, right? How are we different? And it makes me want to. And I'd never do this, but it makes me want to buy him lunch and say, "Hey, let's try some other stuff, mm-hmm. right? Let's let's get some more." Uh, uh, well, Sheriff Fletcher says we need another thirty cops. Let's try it. Let's well, see what happens. And, and Sheriff Fletcher yesterday on yesterday's show made a fantastic point, and he said these guys don't just become or they aren't born shooters. They're 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 thrown into a system which doesn't aggressively go after their behavior, telling them because obviously they're not getting that message from home. Sure. So what what's happening is when they get into the juvenile system, that juvenile system is failing them. Yeah. Because it's not teaching them accountability. It's not teaching them that there are consequences for your actions. I mean, you're a parent. You see that with kids, not not to that sure, level, sure. but you see the kids that aren't disciplined. Yeah. 
I yeah. see it. In yeah. fact, I saw it very recently yeah. of, of kids that aren't disciplined. And I'm yeah. thinking, you are not doing your kid any favors by not instituting discipline in your home. Sure. You're just not. Yeah. And, it, you know, discipline, if you're a single mother, discipline is not so easy. Sure. You know, if you're working and you're tired and your kid's out past 11 and you can't find him, that beca- and you got to work tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., that's not so easy. You know, even if you're a great parent, it's just not easy. Two people, it's hard to do. Yep. One person, it would be very, very hard to do it. Maybe you have more than one kid, too, and then it's just that much right. harder. I, You know, I was um, at um, down on University Avenue going to the... Uh, uh, Minnesota United's game when someone was shot like in the parking lot next to me, right? So I'm walking across the street to go to the game and all of a sudden you hear ding, 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 ding. and I, I had just said to these two cops like, oh, it's not going to be much of a busy night, right? I had just said that. They were they were blocking people off from running in front of light rail, right? So yep. they were like monitoring the, and as soon as that happened, these two cops booked, I mean, ran towards the gunfire, right? And the gunfire was in the parking lot that I just came out of, right? Wow. And I all of a sudden take like 30 steps towards the towards the gunfire and I thought, the hell am I doing? Like I my mind just didn't calculate it, right? Yeah. So I walked maybe like 30 steps and then finally I said, wait, wait, I'm gonna hide behind this thing because people, it looked like people were just blowing, people were squealing out of the parking lot, people running everywhere away from the gunfire, and I'm kind of following the cops to see what's going on. Came to my senses. So the weirdest thing about that whole story is 35 seconds later, I leave the scene because I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do here now. The gunfire is obviously over. And I start walking to the stadium and I turn to this couple. I'm like, wow, wasn't that weird? And they were like, what? And I said, well, the, the gunfight that just happened in the parking lot right there. And they're oh like, my God. oh, I didn't see it. And they were oblivious. And they were completely oblivious. And I thought, that's what will happen at Truck Park. Some people heard about that story, but they could be open and busy tonight. And people are just, oh, what happened here? It's just, it dies off instantaneously. The The shock of it is almost gone. It was gone 35 seconds later after I was around that gunfire. And and maybe, you know, I hope the people at Truck Park are safe. I hope that business, you know, it's a great business, good St. Paul people, right? They deserve to be there. They run a real sharp business. And hopefully they find a way to make it secure and, and get people in there yeah, again. I agree. All right. Well, well, let's end on that positive note, <laughs> shall you. we? Uh, Michael, thank you so much. Reavers, you are the best. Uh, please do us a favor. If you could do it, uh, go to the iTunes account and please rate and review the show. It will help other people find the show. And also, don't be able to or don't be afraid to look for us on Spotify, Podman, and anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. For Mike Fredoloni, my name is Chris Reavers. We will talk to you again next week. Until then, cheers.